Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. We interview women in the sports and entertainment businesses to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. Let's bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join us week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Valerie Tyson is the CEO of the women-owned and operated marketing agency, Unrivaled Group, headquartered in Austin, Texas. Valerie has more than 20 years of B2B and B2C experience working with best-in-class global brands and sports properties and talent. In 2018, she took on the role as CEO of Strategic Playground, which is now known as Unrival Group. She's a proven expert in brand strategy, digital media, integrated marketing, branded content, consumer insights, and business analytics across Fortune 1000 brands with a focus on the sports and entertainment-centered industries. Being a woman in a male-dominated industry in sports for more than 20 years has provided her with the motivation and the sense of responsibility to encourage a generation of female leaders. So we are so excited to welcome her to this podcast today. We dive into her amazing background. She's worked with some big names, talk about her experience as a woman in a male-dominated field and the steps she took to overcome obstacles. And she even shares what has helped her lead her and her team to success. Valerie has made an incredible career for herself, and she shares that at almost every step of the way along the journey, she was filled with doubt. Her work ethic and belief in her ability to get the job done is what powered her through. She is so relatable, and she offers so much advice for you. And I think the biggest one is, why not you? So listen in and level up. Let's go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Valerie Tyson, CEO of The Unrivaled Group. We are pumped to have you here. Tell us who you are and what you do. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Again, I'm Valerie Tyson, CEO of Unrivaled Group. Um, I lead an 80%, uh, 100% owned, 80% operated female sports and marketing uh, agency. We're a full service agency serving brand, property, and talent. So I spent most of my career in the sports world and I realized some areas where uh, a female perspective might change the table a little bit for brands, properties, and talents. And so went out on the ledge and started my own agency about 10 years ago. Well, congratulations on all of your success. We're going to really dig into that on today's show, but can you tell us a little bit about how you got there and please include the courage that it took to go out on your own and start your agency? I think that's like the number one question that other females will ask me, especially women, like, how did you get the courage to do it? And I would say I'm a risk averse person. And so it was like always being on the edge of a cliff, wondering if you're making the right choice. I started my career, um, and this sounds funny, but my first internship was a radio internship. I was a journalism major. I thought I was going to be a magazine writer. And the only internship was available was working for Camel Country 108 in Phoenix. And I wore the camel mascot suit in the Phoenix Zoo in July. Secret sauce. There's 32 ice packs in the suit. Um, but where I learned, but it was in the promotion and marketing department. It was like setting up events, um, activating, and it's like a kind of the equivalent to sports where you're activating partnerships. People buy into the station and buy radio packages. And it was delivering a great experience. And so um, I had uh, our station was station of the year. So I got to work with the best of the best. And then I'm like, wow, radio is my path. I was offered a job in uh, San Diego at a classical radio station, which I was thankful for the experience. I was glad to be in California. Um, that was my dream growing up in Chicago. And um, I got my my real first opportunity was working for the Howard Stern radio station in Los Angeles. And I was the head of um, marketing and promotions. And our AM station carried the LA Kings games. And um, there was a great person who was you know heading all the marketing efforts for Staples Center. It was being built. He's like, Valerie, there's a 27-year-old millionaire who uh, just you know bought an arena football team. He's looking for a VP of marketing. You should go meet with him. And I would, didn't know anything at that point. And it was Casey Wasserman. And we all know Casey now, the mogul he is. I walked in with like a PowerPoint presentation trying to name his new team. And I thought I was just you know, doing my thing. And I, and I walked out, I did, had no idea his reach or his knowledge or his, you know, his skill set. And um, I got the job. 
And I was, it was like his fourth employee ever and learning from someone like that who's so disciplined and who is so um, motivated to do great things. Um, I didn't know. I just knew marketing and I knew how to pour my heart into it and that opportunity. And then to be around Staples Center was being built. We got to help count seats. Um, we got to be around the Lakers and um, you know the LA Kings and learn from some of the best people in the industry. Um, one of my favorite stories is I walked into a room and Jeannie Buss and I were the only women in the room. And she said, bring a chair next to me. She's going to sit next to me. And so just to have those opportunities growing up and to be in the right rooms was amazing. And then from there, um, I worked for a digital agency here in Austin. I met and married a Texan, so it's hard to leave Texas. And then um, I worked for the NBA Charlotte Bobcats. So I had to work with Michael Jordan for three years. It was incredible. I was the VP of Global Digital for IMG. And that's when I realized uh, that I wanted to try my own thing. I'd worked for some of the best places in the world and been around the best people. Um, and there were certain things I wanted to do and certain things I wanted to measure and stories I wanted to tell. And I wanted to be responsible for all that myself, that strategy and that thinking instead of being responsible for a piece of it. And so I made the crazy decision to start Unrivaled Group, which originally started out a strategic playground. So during COVID, we rebranded. to be, to. It just seemed like a better brand and aligned with my sports roots, our sports background, our sports history. And um, that's how the agency was born. Whoa, your story is bananas. The people you've been in the rooms with, the people you've worked for, and just collecting those experiences and conversations and ideas and knowledge along your career. And um, also, you know, one of, I, I asked you like the, about the courage to go out on your own, but it sounds like you've had the courage along your whole career to not be afraid to, to say your ideas and to pitch what you believe. And I think that's where it's led to you today being, being CEO of Unrivaled Group. So I want to ask today, what are the three biggest leadership lessons that you've learned in this time as CEO? I'd say that's a great compliment you saying that. I think every step of my career, I was full of fear and self-doubt. And so I'd say one of the things, and I didn't tell those stories to name drop, I got, my interns asked me, Valerie, how do I get to be in a room with the people you have? And I said, be the hardest person, be the most prepared person at the table and the hardest worker in the room. People didn't bring me along because I was fun and I was drinking with them or having a good time. It was because they trusted me. I was there for a reason to serve a purpose and it was about business. Um, and yes, there's like, you become friends with the people you work with, but that's how you get there. And I think the biggest lesson is like outwork everybody. If your boss is late, you're staying late or your teammates, you're a leader of a team, you don't leave until they leave. Like number two, pour into your people all the time, whether it's like a manager above you or your supervisor or someone below you, pour into your team because ultimately they will help you grow and introduce you to the right opportunities as well as have your back and help teach you along the way. And um, three, I would say you're going to be fearful when you start out in your career. You're going to have a little self-doubt. I guess there's some people who don't, but I did. I would say learn early on to trust your instincts and um, to take leaps earlier. I wish I'd done some of the things, the moves I'd made earlier in life, although I wouldn't trade my life for the world. I'd say don't be fearful. Like kind of lean into that impulse because change is going to be difficult or it wouldn't be remarkable. Yeah. And you mentioned number two, they're pouring into your team. And I was looking, of course, doing the research to be prepared for today. And a lot of people have said that Unrivaled Group is a really fun place to work. And I see that a lot in, in the way that you pour into your team, whether it's decorating for Shark Week or oh, no. <laughs> your interns. So talk a little bit about how you're creating that workplace culture and and really pouring into your teammates to make sure that, that everyone working there finds success. I think it's, it's creating a place that I wish I had, you know, coming up through sports and entertainment. Um, you know, sports is always a grind and we're seeing now with the great recession, a lot of people aren't as inter interested in our sports and entertainment industry anymore, which breaks my heart because I feel like I learned the best lessons and made the best friends. And even though, you know, I only run when chased in the front office, you're also a team, right? So you're like, we, you help each other. You, you don't leave until the other person leaves. You, everyone has each other's back. And I'd say, I want to create that culture here at Unrivaled 
we had the opportunity to purchase our building this week. So we've totally, it looks like a sports marketing office. We have lockers for everyone. And we have, like, we always have a well-stocked kitchen and snacks. And we just moved to an unlimited PTO, um, taking company trips together. We're going to be working from the beach here in a few weeks. Um, I think trying to create a place, and I'm a smaller agency. I'm a boutique agency. So I compete and win. Sometimes I lose, you know, often to, you know, bigger agencies. But all I can do is provide the best environment. And I tell everyone who comes to our doors, I come here, stay as long as it serves you and it helps us grow. And then let me be the best reference I can possibly be for you. And so when you go off to whatever is what you do next, because you should, that's what everyone does. I'm attached to everyone, but whatever you do next, um, I want you to go and be the most prepared person at the next table you sit at. And um, I just think that honesty about things. I think I'm super transparent. There's not a lot of closed doors here other than it's an open air office. And sometimes we have to hear each other. Um, but uh, I would say, um, I know you have your family and your work family. And some people, are, that's a little kludgy. But for us, like we're a team, we have each other's backs. And I know our place is a place where we're going to celebrate a lot of things. And I know there's probably going to be heartache for, you know, our team and our company or our teammates. And how do we create a safe place for all those things to be celebrated here? Beautiful. And there's probably going to be people reaching out to you about uh, getting, getting a shot at getting a seat inside the Unrivaled group, understanding your culture and that it's really, I don't want to say on trend, but it's, it's, it's where things are moving. Like we have to care about the people 360 and understand what, um, what our employees want, where they're going and support them in those efforts in order for them to pour in as much as we require. So uh, we just, we just posted a new poster on our back door today and it was check your, before you open this door, check your energy. Like our team's important. Our clients are important, but before whatever energy is you think you're bringing to this door take a breath and come in like ready to do work. You know, and so just to create a space for that, um, and uh, you know, it's it's something learned. You know, what I mean, it takes a long time. And I don't think I have it 100 right. I don't know if anyone does. All I know is that what I can offer, and I know that I'm not going to be for everybody, and everyone is not for us, and everyone finds that right spot. And so that's the culture we're trying to grow. You know, find more people that that are great for the culture that we have here. Yeah, well, finding the right people, but then doing great work. So you are a proven expert in brand strategy, digital media, integrated marketing, branded content, consumer insights, and business analytics across Fortune 1000 brands with a focus on the sports and entertainment-centered industries. So what are some of the biggest trends that you are seeing right now? Oh, you know, it's everyone's talking about user generated content. So I'm going to go, of course, you have to say that, um, you know, influencers and micro influencers, brands attaching themselves to people telling authentically how to use their products. So where I think we're really moving now is where brands used to shout their stories and buy billboards and magazine articles. Um, Brands have now, and properties and, and sports teams, even for that matter, any kind of entertainment property, they're learning to listen better. Instead of saying, speaking the way they want to be heard, they're speaking to their consumers the way they want to be listened to. And I still think we have a long way to go there. Um, I also think this is a weird trend, but it's interesting. So we do a lot of digital marketing here. Um, I love that now, you know, I always tell my clients, your only job is to be good, great at whatever it is you do, a basketball team, a player, an athlete, a brand, like that's your number one job. Your second job is to make Google happy because you want to come up organically and trend and all those good things. So what I the new new that I love right now is the fact that TikTok is challenging Google to be a search engine. Whereas people used to say, let me Google that, which will is still the reigning king. People are like, let me look that up on TikTok. So where you used to say, how do I wash my clothes or how do I not turn my laundry pink? People are going to TikTok. So I love that like there's all these generations that are doing something completely different and using content and media in a new way. And I think it's a real opportunity for brands, property and talent to meet their consumers where they are instead of in the, where they think they should be met. So they actually have to work a little harder, which I love you know, helping our clients do that. Yeah, that is so true. It's filled with so much information TikTok is not only can you be entertained, but you can also learn how to do so much. So what do you do when you have a client who doesn't have TikTok? And uh, well, we, we leverage a channel. I mean, first of all, we, we don't like to engage with clients that don't want to invest up front in a strategic plan. So for us, if there's not a plan, it's just like a wish, right? There's like, mm-hmm. this is great. We might do these things. So we have a really elaborate strategic planning process where we have a map where we actually create like placemats for our client. Like, here's our map, our roadmap to success. And 
depending on what they do, TikTok may be a great tactic. It starts with goals, strategies, TikTok's a tactic, you know, Facebook's a tactic, um, digital, you know, social media is the strategy. And um, so we try to encourage them and teach them what's that like. We actually have a longstanding um, agricultural client. It's one of the largest farms in North America, which is, uh, you know, a, a really interesting brand. And um, they are, um, they're like, TikTok, we, should we do this? We like making videos. I'm like, well, what's the purpose? Like, what of our goals does it meet? And does it make sense? And are you willing to put more into that? Or do we have to, need to remove something so we can spend time on TikTok? So we experiment with videos on Instagram and Facebook and the platforms they are comfortable with. And we start to show them the value of TikTok. And then we show them a lot of case studies from similar brands. So I'd say, you know, I think doing your homework, showing case studies, the worst thing you can do is send your clients on a fool's errand. Like, hey, start a TikTok. And the next thing you know, like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Um, so hopefully you go to market strategically. Yesterday, we just had a client saying, yeah, we're just going to open a TikTok and let our employees start using it. And I was like, whatever you do, please, like, don't, A, don't say that we told you to do that. But B, don't, like, don't do anything you're thinking in your head. Um, that's a terrible idea. Like, let's figure out how you want to use it. What's the goal? Um, and for us, like, we do great branding and marketing, but it's usually to drive revenue or business performance, like what those goals are. So let's figure out that and before you open up the TikTok account. And then we usually, like, lock down the handle so they can't do it while we teach them <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yes. Great point. And yeah, the strategic plan, like everyone, I, I used to say, you can pay me a dollar to tell me your idea because people have a million ideas. Right. But if it doesn't align with the plan, like it is a fool's errand. So and it, when I was younger, it used to terrify me. I'd go to a room of executives and I knew they weren't all on the same page, but it's like my favorite thing now. Let's figure it out. Like, let me be the person that you like dump your anger or like your conflict and let's sort it out. Like, let's put it into a map. Like, it doesn't mean you have to choose one or the other. Like, how do you make all these things a reality? And then how does it like, ultimately, what's your goal? It's a revenue goal. Let's figure out what the things you can't afford within your budget are to get you there faster. Uh, is it a brand awareness goal? And I love when they walk out and they're in alignment and like, they all feel heard. Maybe some things have made it to a parking lot, maybe not, in, you know, the, the launch plan. Um, but if you don't have, like, I, what's one thing I'm most proud of is we don't have a lot of turnover in clients and we, um, we are always in alignment with our client. There may be, you know, little things here and there, like any other agency, but we always are always focused on the same goal. You are also, we, we sort of touched on this, it's kind of obvious, but you're a woman in a male dominated industry and you have been for over 20 years, and it's provided you with motivation and a sense of responsibility to encourage a generation of female leaders. So how have you found your own personal success, oftentimes being the only woman in the room? And then that leads into encouraging and helping the next generation. And this is probably not the answer that anyone wants to hear, but it was almost like I didn't realize it. Like I was so focused on getting the job done and I like to like, I like to get things done. And I guess, you know, like people talk about their love languages, which I don't even fully understand, but mine is praise. So I like making sure that I like I've done a good job and I get the positive feedback and that motivates me to like, I'm really driven by the work. I always tell my board to their chagrin. I'm not driven. I'm not motivated by money. I'm really driven by doing successful work because that will bring money. If I'm doing the right things and making the right recommendations and clients are happy. Um, but I walked into those rooms. I didn't know I was so focused on the work. And then when I realized, you know, kind of when things changed and me too came out, um, I don't think I was ignorant of what was happening around me. I never, uh, I was fortunate to be around a lot of really good people. I didn't see things like that, but I knew that I now had to like change an eye and make sure that I was in this new era of, you know, female empowerment and really taking our rightful place at the table and not being ashamed or like being behind someone else, making sure I provide job opportunities, opportunities to work and present in front of our clients, introductions to people. They may not want, they might want to work somewhere else one day, making sure I carve a path and teach everyone that I possibly can. And I don't think that would change whether I was a man or a woman, if I was obviously the same person on the inside. Um, it's really putting your head down and diving into the work and being transparent and honest. And the same person you get now in this podcast is the same person you meet in like real life. Like it's not, a, I am who I am. And I always say like, I'm not for everybody and people laugh, but I think is a, I now see what other like struggles other women went through. And I was like, gosh, I was the only woman. Wow, I was the only vice president. Or gosh, I was a director for a long time. I did find out years later in a really large job I had, I was paid less than my employees. 
And I thought, I'll never let that happen again. Like I will, I'm now going to be so aware and I will make sure that there's equity in anything that I touch going forward. So I can't fix, and I also can't hang on to it. Like, oh, I'm, I'm anchored by it. Like you have to let all that stuff go, but I make sure that I provide equity in our office place. And anytime that I can recommend a female for a job that's qualified, I absolutely do it. Oh, that was filled with just so many nuggets of amazing advice. And if I can kind of shine a light on a couple of those things, you've let the work speak for yourself, for itself. And that's what's helped you, helped you and progressed you through your career is being focused and being fulfilled by doing great work and not letting a lot of the other things distract you. But when you did find out about a situation where things were unfair, it's a learning lesson. That's, that's a milestone. That's a marker that you're never going to let that happen again. And that you're going to make the next woman aware of one of those pitfalls that happened in your life so that they don't fall into the same mistake. It's just, it's funny. And I mean, I guess ignorance is not, or maybe it was bliss. Like, again, I wouldn't change anything. And of course everyone could make more or wish they had a different title. Like I'm really not unhappy with the way my career shook out, but then looking back, I'm like, maybe I didn't ask. Like I was afraid to ask for the salary that I wanted, or I was afraid to ask for um, a review when I thought that I was you know, going above and beyond that. So I'd say advice I could give would don't be afraid. And I encourage my employees to always speak up. Like if they think that there's some kind of wrong in the office or that there's an opportunity that they haven't been made available for, um, we talk about those things. A lot of that doesn't happen here, but I think kind of just putting it out there. Like I just remember a lot of closed door conversations. And if, if I look back, like overall, like when you have to dig into kind of moments, I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember hearing murmuring behind a closed door or, you know, or this person got a promotion. I was like, gosh, I thought I was going to get that job. Um, but, you know, I'll just keep working harder. So I'd say like now at least, uh, you know, I can help other women and, you know, they're in that situation to give better advice. Like, yeah, don't just put your head down. Keep doing a good job because if they don't recognize your value and, you know, do the right thing, someone else will. Yeah. And a great reminder, I think we cannot hear it enough to not be afraid and to always speak up because hundred percent, all of us have been in that situation where we've been a little bit afraid to ask for the big number or speak up against something that we thought might be wrong. That is so human. So the more that we can continue to share that sentiment, that dialogue, that affirmative statement of speak up and don't be afraid, like the more that's going to empower the next person to use it. And it's, it's weird. It's, it's, sometimes I laugh at myself. I'm like, I don't know how I got this far being so fearful because it's easy for me to be scared and say no. And then, um, you know, I really spent a lot of like a lot, a lot of time in the last three to five years trying to think about like neutral mindset, let not let the highs get so high that I get carried away or the lows get too low. Like, how do I go in and lean into bad, you know, things that are tough, lean into things that are good, but with like a level headed approach to that. And I really am trying to apply that to now everything across the board. Like, yes, we should do the hard work, but yes, we should also do the right thing. Or, you know, so those things are, you know, it kind of diminishes the fear a little bit. If you just kind of, you know, ram through it a little bit, uh, it, it becomes all less scary. So uh, that's, if I, I, that's the only thing I'd probably change is if I could have become a little braver a little earlier. Yeah. Well, I want to shine a light on, some of the amazing work that you've done. So I want to share a little bit of story time and ask you to, to tell us about a time that you closed a big client from the prep to the pitch, to the close, to the celebration. What is uh, an example of that big success? I'd say, I cannot tell you the client because it just happened in the last year, but I'll say for anyone who has a, you know, like a medium-sized agency COVID and your sports and entertainment focused, COVID wasn't great. There was a great, right before COVID hit or was announced, the NBA was shutting down. We uh, won a, a very uh, nice piece of business with the WNBA. I remember dropping to my knees because it was a transformative piece of business for us and crying. And we celebrated in the parking lot, shooting uh, the tops off of champagne bottles, which we didn't drink, but we were like celebrating in our parking lot, our little building that we were all, you know, in. And then literally the next night you saw Mark Cuban texting about what the heck was NBA, uh, with COVID. And so the NBA, WNBA had an amazing, you know, they really 
blossomed and really like came into the forefront during COVID. Uh, and so I thought, well, I'll never have that opportunity again. COVID, COVID was scary. Like, you know, having inside and trying to keep everyone together and keeping that team culture. Um, I don't like to lean into it. Like I, again, I kind of pushed through things, but it really did, it changed cultures. And, you know, we had some employee changes that time, you know, people moved home or moved cities and I, and I like to hang on to people. Um, and so really to kind of get back on that horse, we had a lot of, we kept 75% of our business and 75% of our clients. They were all clients that like, if we, are making money you're making money you know and just like to have that kind of like like not only in our team but in the the, the brands that we work with like you're a part of each other's like ecosystems and so the the last year we had a call out of the blue from an international uh, consumer packaged good product and company and they said valerie we are only asking 500 agencies to um, apply for this RFP and we'd like you to invite you. We've heard great things about you. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I think you have the wrong, <laughs> you haven't heard of us. They're like, no, we have. And uh, so we filled out the first round of paperwork. Like if you don't hear from us in 30 days, you didn't make it. 60 days later, they're like, you made it to the next round. And then like fill out this next round of paperwork and submit these things. And then another 60 days went by. They're like, you made it to the next round. So this went on for a year. And so a month ago, I had a phone call from this company and they said, Valerie, we invited 500 agencies to apply, 500, oh, 486 applied. Out of 486, you came in fourth. And you um, came in second, and then, but, but then when we reevaluated, you came in second only to our current agency. So you won this RFP. We are keeping our current agency but we'd like to invite your entire team to come to our corporate headquarters to meet with our global brand managers to help you work on our women's sports business. And so that's a project we're kicking off this fall, um, you know, exploring like what that opportunity could look like. But out of 500 agencies, our, you know, our, you know, little Austin based, you know, company, and I, they feel like we love everything they're saying. We love that you're female led, you have a different perspective. And I said, I'm not sure if my perspective would be different if I was a man or, and, and I just had, or my ideas are just mine in this body. Um, but for us, like with champagne in the parking lot again, you know, we still don't know what that looks like, but just to make it that far. Like I said, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. They're like, I'm like not getting this RFP you had just sent out. I, this is the most exciting thing. And they laughed. It was like the head of sports for this global company. I said, this is the best outcome. We can get to know each other, you know? And they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, we can't wait for you to come in and help us like forge a path for our, all of our global women's sports efforts. And I was like, wow, like, I don't, again, we're still trying to figure out what that looks like with those at bats and finding those people who like to look at things differently and strategically and um, we're never like the least expensive agency and we're never the most expensive agency, but I know that like we're on the right path when we can, you know, get at bats like that. So that, that's something that's like new for us now coming out of COVID. It feels great. Well, congratulations. That was an amazing story. And I am so happy that there was a celebration because so oftentimes businesses win big and they forget to celebrate because they move on to the work. So it's just such a testament again to, to your culture and the team and a reminder that the champagne in the parking lot, whatever that is for you, you need to do it because it's such a marker for you as the leader and for your team. So yeah. it's so funny Congrats. too. We have this boxing bell on the wall and I rang the bell and I've never rung it before. I didn't know how to do it. And everyone's like, what's happening? And then there's some people on their laptops. They're like, oh, I'm bringing this person with on the laptop. I'm like, we're going to the parking lot. Like, and like, what happened? And then it's nice too. Like when your client, other clients are like, hey, what happened? We heard about this. Like what's going on? So, uh, and for me, it's not even about the win. And of course, like it's an amazing, you know, company to potentially work with, but it's like the winning together. Like, you know, the group you win with is the same group that you might not win with one day. And I wouldn't trade them for the world. So. Oh, I love that. All right. So sort of on the other side of these highs, we talked about, there are some lows. What has been the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome? A hundred percent. It was COVID. I mean, like we were on our like biggest revenue and growth trend right into the pandemic. I remember going to Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. It was the last event I attended before the pandemic. And I spent, I didn't know I was unwell. Like I just thought I could forge ahead and keep doing it. Like I didn't know I needed self-care. And so it's hard for me. I stumbled, I think, at first, like trying to figure out how to care for my team. Um, working remotely wasn't as common as it is now. I mean, it wasn't like a, on, like foreign, but there's something like I think that seeing people eye to eye and in person, there's like a responsibility to each other and a, like a shorthand in conversation. And I didn't deal with it well. Um, I 
kept the team together. We did the best we could, but I didn't, I think I could have been a better leader, probably created more opportunities for our team to done thing, to do things that were not like, how do we keep the company together during COVID? Um, I learned a lot of things I wouldn't do during that time. I learned a lot about areas of myself that I could probably improve and get better at, which I've been working on. But it was scary. I mean, just like basic things too. Like, uh, you know, I with our board, I share an accountant. And I'm like, well, how do I fill out this paperwork? Or there's just things I didn't know that I was going to have to learn. But I think like I like I was, you know, I have a sign above my door and it says you're built for this. And I didn't think so. And I tried to unscrew it, but I'm too short. <laughs> and my husband's like, yeah, I'm not going to give you the drill, but take the work. But I'm like, I wasn't sure I was. But I think if any business of this size understands when you're not like just flush with like tons of capital, that you worry how you're going to survive, you're for A, be glad that you're in the right circle and you have the right tribe around you of people like not only who work for you, you work with and clients you serve, but now that you make sure you take those lessons to prepare for what's next. Um, so as much as we love sports and entertainment, we work with primarily sports and entertainment and the brands that sponsor it. And we're also going to be a little more diverse because you never know what the world's going to bring you. So, and, and that's okay. Like, and we only work with brands that want to win. So, you know, I talked about having an agriculture client. Everyone's like, that's not sports. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like they have a winning mentality. Like they win. They're the best in what they do. Like we can learn from them. And if people aren't interested in coming to our company because of those things, um, that's a, unfortunate. It's a real teachable moment. They can learn things from industries um, outside of what they think is their you know, primary professional goal. At Leadership is Female, we are serious about supporting you in your career. That includes the tips to get you ahead inside your current organization or provide you with the next big opportunity in a new role. That's why we have partnered with Legacy Search, an executive recruiting firm specializing in mid to senior level executive searches across professional, collegiate, and minor league sports. Check out the openings listed at LegacySportsSearch.com or in our monthly Leadership is Female newsletter. Hint, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, head to leadershipisfemale.com. If you find a job listed at Legacy Sports Search that looks like it should be yours, email us at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com and we will introduce you directly to the opportunity. This is your career. Make the most of it. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a busy professional. We can agree we are always looking for products that are convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. It's a water bottle and a foam roller in one. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of class to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps with recovery and gets me back to work faster. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code leadershipisfemale, all one word, to get 15% off. Support Lonnie Cooper, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness water bottle. You have heard so many of the professionals on this podcast talk about the importance that a mentor has made in their career. I've had so many listeners reach out to me to ask me about mentorship. The problem is mentors don't grow on trees. I'm working with my company, the assist group to, well, provide the assist. We're going to form a mentorship cohort so that we can make sure you find the mentor you need to help your career grow. Make sure you're on the list to get all the details when they drop later this year. Visit the assistgroupwins.com to join the waitlist. I so agree. And the term diversity applies completely to your client set as well, because when you're operating in just one specific medium all the time, like that, that takes away your visibility to other areas of business that might give you a chance to grow or try something new that could help in your primary set. Right. I mean, we also work in, um, you know, we uh, work with a national movie theater chain. And so when you hear COVID's coming, there's no movies. Yeah. You're like, wow, we we just lost 65% of our business. Like, you know, how do we build back or what else do we do or what other industries? So um, I thought as much as that was the, I mean, who knows? Like, I like to say that was the pit. I'm hoping that's not the, like, you know, there's not another pit like that, but um, I'm going to, I'm, I finally stopped punishing myself. Like, I couldn't figure out what I, what I did wrong. And they're like, it's COVID. I'm like, well, what could I have done? Like, I wasn't ready. Um, I think I now I've stopped punishing myself and all I can do is build back better and try to be prepare, better prepared for the next, you know, whatever it is. And I think I'll be able to roll with the punches better. And hopefully like our team is prepared for that. Like we're pretty transparent about like, kind of, you know, what's next, right? 
Yeah. Well, you are transparent and vulnerable and you share and you're so easy to connect with. And that's why you've made such a great mentor to so many women. What advice have you given others when they have ran into an obstacle in their career? I would say, I mean, first of all, like, you know, I think you need to evaluate, is it, uh, is, is there a real problem? Like, what are the truths of the situation? What's the severity? Like, is any, I always say when people come in, like, it's, it's urgent. I'm like, is anyone bleeding or severed? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, so we can take it down. Like, let's like, take the temperature down a little bit. What's the real problem? Um, is it something that you're upset about or is it a real issue? And then like strategically, okay, what's your goal and how do we get there? Um, I think oftentimes, um, and I don't like this, this is like one of the things I kind of learned later on is that many women are dismissed, like they're emotional or, you know, whatever. And that's not true. Like we care, we're passionate and maybe our passionate may be different. And you know, everyone, you know, men, women, you know, everyone shows that passion differently, but like figure out like, what is the truth of the situation? It's not your truth. There's only one truth. There's the truth, right? So what's the truth? And how do you get to wherever you're, whatever you're trying to achieve? And the only way I think you can achieve that, and this is the most important lesson of all, is start now, whatever, wherever you are in your career, your college, your path, build a personal board of directors. I have a company board of directors and I have a totally separate group that is my personal board of directors. And those directors can change. You, know, the, you don't always move in the same like wave, right? With everyone all the time, but find a group that will always tell you the truth, be honest with you, help you get out of your own way. And that you know, that has your best interest at heart. And I'm not talking about the people who will yes and say, Valerie, go out and start a company. It's crazy. Like not that, but you want people to tell you the things that maybe you don't want to hear because that's the best advice you can give. So for me, it's like always work through a problem, like figure out what's really the heart of the issue, kind of take the temperature down. Uh, so evaluate things and then build a personal board of directors to help you move through whatever those challenges might be. That is amazing advice. And I love that you also said your personal board of directors helps you get out of your own way because you can play that mental game all day long and put up obstacles that might not need to even exist. And if you can defer to your board of directors, they're, they're going to help see it through because they're not going to have that same maybe limiting or, or mindset that's putting up the roadblocks that we might have being too hard on ourselves. I, I get told that all the time, like, Valerie, what's keeping you from getting there? And it's never like, I mean, of course, every company could have more revenue or more clients. And I'm like, it's me. I'm the problem. They're like, but you can do anything. I'm like, can I? And so, but then starting to think too, and, uh, you know, thinking like what could be instead of what couldn't be like, that was a huge shift too. Like you're like, God, this is gonna be terrible. The sky is falling. It's never going to work. I, I can't compete with these big agencies. I'm like, why not me? I have a client who's a baseball player and he told me, uh, his coach one day was looking for who's going to play cleanup. Our, our first, our, our cleanup batter got hurt and he goes, coach, why not me? And he said, he goes, I was not qualified at all to be a cleanup batter. He goes, my coach looks at me, he goes, why the heck not you? Why not you? And so he and I both wear bracelets that are believe in why not me? Like, just to remind, why not? Like, I, I have as good a chance as anybody else. Oh, I love that. And it's so funny. The next question I had for you was the keys to coaching your employees. And that is such like an amazing coaching point. Why not me? Why not me? There's somebody that's got to do it. Why not me? Why not you? But are there any other keys in coaching that you want to share? I, um, I believe in the great Canadian philosopher, Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> Ted Lasso is my favorite show. We are actually having a huge Ted Lasso like sign installed on our building because like he, Ted Lasso doesn't know he can't, I mean, he can do anything. For me, I'm always like, he doesn't know he can't do it. That's not even right. Like he can do anything, right? And so, um, I, uh, and I love that he's like so honest and genuine in his storytelling. Maybe people don't get him at first. So I guess I can relate. I'm not saying I am Ted Lasso, but I can relate to like the approach he takes because I don't know any other way to do it. But I tell my, like when I first was really like getting our team back together after COVID, I was like, I can't explain to you like what's in my head. I found this terrible mashup business sports video. It was like a hype video and like Kobe quotes, but like people at a boardroom table. I'm like, like I wake up every day. I'm like, how are we going to crush today? I'm not like, oh, the paperwork, whatever's going to happen. And this client, like, it's how are we going to kill it? Like what? And now, like some of my athletes every night, every day and every morning, we text each other. How did you get, how are you going to get better today? Or how did you get better today? 
And so like we start every day with a, um, you know, a standup or whether it's one of our internal meetings, like it's always about solving problems. Our hashtag is solve city. Like I can't, I can never imagine like any day when we get up, what's going to happen. Everyone has good or bad days. Um, but how are we going to solve the problems? Like, I don't care if it's good or bad, like we just have to solve it. Um, and I think just coming with that attitude instead of like listing out a bunch of grievances, like we are here to play, we're here to like solve things uh, and we're here to help each other be that way. Like when you work in a team environment and you know this, um, you know, whether you're on the field or in the front office, you're a team and you don't always love all your teammates, but you respect each other. Like that's the, like, we have two rules in our office. One, you don't microwave fish and two, um, I, I, and two, because interns will do that. Um, and then they leave the office and we're all stuck. And two is like, I don't care all the things that you may do are wrong or incorrectly, or you need to learn. Like I won't tolerate anyone being a poor teammate. Um, and so for me, being a good teammate and having each other's back, like that's at the heart of everything. And if someone isn't like that in our culture, they don't probably stay long because that's the rest of the, you know, they'll realize that like this is not the right fit for them or, or we realize that. So for us, it's just like trying to be great teammates every day. Like, what do you, what do you got? Like trying to keep a positive attitude and like, even with our signs, like check your, you know, take a breath before you come in, like come with your A game to solve problems. That is amazing. So what is, what's next for you and what's next for the unrivaled group? I, you know, I, I never know. For me, uh, you know, obviously I would love to, you know, one of my passions, personal passions is working with athletes on what they're doing after their career. So I know everyone has always been, uh, you know, everyone's hot on nil. And I think that's amazing too. Um, I like to help athletes figure out what the business of their personal brand are. So we've got some new clients onboarding in that area, working with some new athletes, like what do they want to do? It's not, you know, if the game is going to end, it's when, and what do you want to be doing? And so sorting out and building those strategies and helping build their brands and find their voice on social media. So I hope that we do more of that. I hope we keep bringing on more amazing teammates and I hope we're around for at least another 10 more years. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Well, you know what? You're putting it out there, which means the path, the path is already laid. The path is I, I, laid. I hope so. And can't never could. Right. So if yes. I, every day I'm like, why, like, why, it's gotta be, why not me? So when you get, I get, you know, just trying to always keep up with like, if I don't try, or if I don't tell myself that it can happen, it won't. So, if, you know, it's gotta start with me. So yeah. I'm going to keep practicing and get better for the team. Love it. All right. Well, we can't get off the call before we talk a little bit about Texas and especially about Austin. So you are in Austin and I want to show that amazing city, some love. What are your favorite places to go out and to go out to eat? What, what can't people miss when they visit Austin? Cause I think we're all visiting Austin these days. Everyone knows Austin's live music capital. I think one of the old school places that people don't always go to, everyone knows here, Rainy Street on the east side of Austin. Like that's the jam, all the new cool bars and hip drinks I can't even pronounce. But the best margarita and the best old school place, in my opinion, in Austin is called Guero's. It's on South Congress. It's within walking distance of downtown. Uh, they have the largest margarita menu in Austin. And you never know any day what celeb- local celebrity, Willie Nelson, whoever might walk in there. Uh, it's not fancy, um, but I've had some of my best moments that I can and can't remember there, Guero's, my time in Austin. So uh, that's always good. And, like, and then they have live music outside. So that's one of my favorite. You can't I really have a bad taco here unless you're like a, maybe the, a, a chain, um, lots of great tacos here. But I think also what people miss too here is that there's like a great food scene in general. Like there's a lot of great Japanese cuisine and Chinese, you know, Asian cuisine and, and Greek food here. So I think things like Austin's always known for tacos and you could throw a rock and hit a good taco. But I think like finding some of the hidden gems in places that you're like, I'm not sure I'm going to go in there. You should go in there because it's going to be something delicious. Oh gosh, this is like mouthwatering this conversation. I lived in Texas for two years and I miss the food every day. I miss the food because it's so good. And it just keeps getting better and more diverse. So it used to be like, Hey, come have a taco or an enchilada. But now you're like, Hey, let's go get falafel or let's go, you know, get like, uh, the, here's the best Greek salad or let me take you to the best sushi spot. Like it used to be like, Oh, the sushi's okay. Like now it's really like, I think everyone's, yeah, I mean, obviously we know like the secrets off, you know, up about Austin. Um, So now you can really find a lot of really great things. A lot of chefs are putting their, you know, their roots down here now. So provides us a lot of great opportunities for cool things. Yeah. And um, one of the best parts was breakfast tacos. Like if you have not been to Texas or don't know Texas, like 
the way that in the Midwest you might go get, or in New York, like in the Northeast, you might go get bagels, mm-hmm. like you legit, or or somewhere else you might get a box of donuts or dozen donuts. In Texas, you get a box of breakfast tacos, and it is oh yeah, literally heaven. Like there's that's the best way to start your day. And, I mean, it could be anything, beans, eggs, guacamole, there's gluten-free, there's wheat-free. Like, I mean, it, like there's a breakfast taco for everyone. And I got to say, like, if uh, I had to have a prison meal, it probably includes some breakfast, you know, my final meal or something, I would definitely yeah. have to have a breakfast taco on it. It really needs to become a national movement. It's just unfair that it only exists in Texas. It's funny. My husband will travel and he'll tell people about breakfast tacos. Like he'll stay with family or friends. Like, oh, just let me make you some. Like every day without like pause, he has breakfast tacos. So um, it, uh, I can't believe it's not like on the Texas flag or something I because see. like, you never know. Like we always have some kind of breakfast taco or treat here or you know, the classic Shipley's donut or something. But uh, whenever the tacos are here, they go pretty fast. Yes. Oh gosh. So good. So good. All right. Time for the final four questions. The first one is what is your best piece of advice for women today so that they can level up tomorrow? I would say I, be, be the most prepared, learn everything you can. Um, I, we interview lots of people. We meet lots of people. We have some of our clients office with us. So like we're in a great space to share new ideas. I'd say there's nothing, you can always learn something from any assignment you're given. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people come right out of college and think automatically they're going to be like running a team or like, you know, golfing with their clients or whatever. There's something to be learned at every lesson and appreciate those steps because that's building the foundation for long-term success and uh, for long-term opportunities. So I'd say um, don't try to leapfrog every little step along the way. And sometimes saying yes to things that you think are less exciting are going to give you the foundation to be even better down the road. Oh, absolutely. Where are you traveling to next? I have not been on a vacation in a long time, like years. So I booked my first vacation two weeks ago. I am going on a 10 day trip to Montana, Wyoming and Idaho. Uh, I'm going to some ranch. I mean, this is inspired by Yellowstone. So I'm going to go to the Yellowstone ranch. I'll have some cowboy cookouts. I've never been to a national park. So I'm going to my first national park. Um, and then my next trip I'd like to do by the end of the year is to go to London and take the Ted Lasso walking tour. Dang. I love that. So okay. I think those one is booked and one is aspirational. You should, we should get together again and make sure I get that trip booked. <laughs> oh, we should, we should for sure. I'm a big fan of Yellowstone. So that is very cool to be doing that trip. Have you been? It's beautiful here. Yeah. Um, well, I went to Montana when I, for, for Christmas vacation in fifth grade, we went to Montana. It was 40 below, but I remember that trip. Like it, it's one of the most memorable trips I took with my family when I was a kid, because it was like so extreme, but we had, we had so much fun. And yes, we went to, we went to the park and we rented a snowmobile and it pulled our like inner tubes up this like really tall hill that we were just flying down and we had so much fun. We rode a sled behind a a horse-drawn sleigh carriage. It was amazing in the winter. Where were you born and raised? uh, Outside of Chicago. Me too. I know. I rec- oh, so you know, the more you start, I heard your Chicago accent just come out. So you start talking about snow. You went full Chicago. Oh, I know. It's like love a trigger it. word and I'm all in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, it is your pump up song. Um, I have uh, been listening to lately. There's a new song. Uh, I think it's I'm ready. No, it's ready to go by the paper Kings. And so every day my alarm is set to lovely day. So that's what my alarm song is every day. Cause I want to try to get up and have a good day. And then our first song on our office, we have a collective office playlist. It's a um, good day by nappy roots. It's going to be a good day. No one's going to die today. That's kind of what we're going for. Uh, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. We're ready to go by the paper Kings. And um, I don't know, summer always like kind of makes me feel like festival music. So maybe a little Billie Eilish and some other things are on the playlist. Love it. Okay. And then finally, what is your favorite quote? If you're afraid to fail, you've probably already failed. Oh, I'm sorry. If you, if you're afraid to fail, you're going to fail like from Kobe Bryant. Um, and I wish I had learned that lesson early, like to be fearful 
you have to fail fast. If you're going to fail, fail fast and fail often and don't make the same mistake twice. So um, I really had a great opportunity in working um, in my first job in LA at Staples Center. And we'd see Kobe sting afterwards shooting hoops. And um, one of uh, our interns threw a cup in the trash and it missed. And the guy walked away. It wasn't near the trash. Like it was overflowing. And Kobe's like, why would you walk away? Why didn't you try to make the basket? And I was like, well, the kid's like, what? You're talking to me? And he's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about what you did. And so just, you know, like his whole mentality and to be around that about like not understanding laziness and um, being fear of failure. And if you say you can't do it, you probably can't. He's right. I wish I would learn that earlier. So I also encourage everyone to read the Mamba mentality. It's a game changer. I mean, you have to know that you can do it and not with some kind of arrogance, probably a combination of fear and arrogance. But um, if you think you're going to fail, you probably will. It's so true. Well, you haven't even started if you're too afraid. Right. And I've been there. I've been stuck so many. I mean, I can only speak from my experience. Like I am risk averse, like just in general for business, I'm risk averse. Um, And when I started saying yes, a lot more, like the world changed. Like I change things, like just change one thing. I'm like, whatever, it doesn't matter. I had to go to work at the crack of dawn, keep my head down. And I changed like one thing. And I'm like, oh my God, six other things happened. And um, it was one of our athletes. He's like, Valerie, those six other things would have happened. You were just too bottled up to see them. And I was like, oh, so saying yes. And by leaning into different things and like kind of flexing new muscles, like that's the only way we grow. And I wish I'd learned that earlier. Oh, I love that. It's, it's such a, a lesson and you did learn it because you found so much success and you took so many people along with you. And I think that is amazing and just such an honor to have you on the Leadership is Female podcast today and share your advice and your wisdom and your success with all of our listeners. So Valerie Tyson, everyone, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here. It was great spending time with you. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, take a breath and check your energy before you enter the room. Number two, on hard work, outwork everyone. Be the hardest worker in the room. Always be prepared. Number three, the key to creating great relationships, listen better. Speak to your customers the way they want to be heard. Listen. And number four, be braver sooner. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Time is your most precious resource, and it means the world that you spent it with us. Please help us reach more people who need to hear these interviews by hitting the subscribe button and the five-star rating on your iPhone. Do you know someone who could benefit from this interview? Please share it. Take a screenshot and post your Instagram stories, copy the link and share on LinkedIn, or text that link to your colleague. The Leadership is Female podcast exists to showcase female leadership in sports and entertainment and give you the tips to level up. We will extend a hand back to lead you forward. Extend the same hand by sharing this with someone who needs to hear it. One last thing. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Leadership is Female. Now, take this lesson and run. Let's go. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.